Good morning. Praise God. Wow. Normally I would, I might start by praying and asking for the presence of the Holy Spirit, welcoming Him here and asking Him to move, but that's already done. I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. I do want to thank Sarah. The song that we just worshiped to is very near and dear to our heart. It was actually the song during worship time at Terrace Bible College out in Colorado where God birthed our ministry. There's a story to that and a revelation. It was so powerful that it really changed my life. And it really gave us focus and direction as to what our ministry was to be all about. God willing, I'm going to be able to share that with you a little bit later on today. But worship was just so powerful. Chains breaking off, coming off. And as we continue today, we're going to continue to see those chains breaking off. He sent forth His Word and healed them. You know, it's more than just physical healing. There's a spiritual and emotional healing that we all need as well. And I believe God's going to send forth that healing by His Word today as well. Amen? Well, we are Jeff and Cindy Farver. We are missionaries to Haiti. And Cindy's going to share with you a little bit about our mission and what we are all about. And then I will come back with the Word. In Haiti, we would normally address you as bonjour, which is good morning. I started going to Haiti back in 2003. It was all short-term. Over the years, I did medical, team construction, evangelism, teaching, and preaching. There was a time when I asked Jeff if he would like to join me, and he said, no, going to Haiti is your thing. That's what you do. You go. Have a good time. I'm going to stay here in the States. The only way I'm going to go to Haiti is if I hear an audible voice from God. Jeff never heard the audible voice from God. But in 2009, he decided to go, and it was a choice that he made that changed our lives. When he got off the airplane in 2009, back then you actually walked across the tarmac to a building where you got your luggage and you went through customs. When his feet hit that pavement, there was a smile that came over his face, and he knew he was home. And it was that year where we did the two-night crusade. And I knew I was right where I was supposed to be doing what God had called me to do. It was a very, very powerful year for us. Several years later, part of the Father Ministry was birthed. Um, we moved forward and um, became a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We aren't affiliated with any other organization. We solely go to Haiti based on the support and donation and sponsorship of the people here in the States. In 2015, the beginning of this year, is when we actually made the move to Haiti. We rent a home there. We were blessed with a used vehicle that gets us from location to location. There was a divine appointment that was made uh, about a month after we were there, and it was with Pastor Prince at Immigration. Pastor Prince, after meeting him with in the next week, had us ministering every Sunday, one or two churches a week. From there, Heart of the Father was launched into Haiti. 
We started doing healing services where we have seen some miracles, signs and wonders. It's incredible to worship with the people in Haiti. And then we also have done some pastor conferences where we've had pastors from the surrounding areas come to a church location, and then we've fed them the word, given them the word, and equipped them to go back to their congregations and feed their sheep. For those of you who are not aware, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Their average income is $2 or less a day. Living in Haiti and ministering in Haiti over the years, we've seen firsthand the overwhelming need that Haiti has. The need for food and water, the, the need for medical care and for jobs, for power, electricity, just to have a light on at night or to have a fan running during the day to keep you cool, or for clothing. We believe, by God's grace, that we are supplying the greatest need that Haiti has. And that greatest need, with God's grace, is fulfilled in Jesus Christ and Jesus only. We see a new Haiti. We see a prosperous Haiti. We see a Haiti that is renewed by the changing of their minds with a changed heart, caught up in a revival. And as we would say in Haiti, Beni Swali Tanel, Bonjour Beni You, praise the Lord, God bless you. Well, praise God. Before I begin, I just want to thank Pastor Mark and, and Valerie for this time to open up their pulpit. More than them just doing that, though, it's a confirmation because they're listening to the Holy Spirit. They know the Holy Spirit. They know Him, and the Holy Spirit has something for you today. I want to thank all of you for being here as well today, because this is just such a wonderful opportunity to continue to fulfill the ministry that God's put on my heart. And that is to manifest to you the heart of the Father. I am just so blessed today. I don't know, I just... The Holy Spirit's here, amen? There's a fire within me. And I know that you are all blessed, amen? And as we continue, you're going to be more blessed and more blessed. God has given me a heart to share. And I believe it's the same heart that was so prevalent in the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. I'm sure you all know that story, right? It's the story of Peter and John entering the temple at time of prayer. And there's a lame man from his mother's womb who has been brought to sit and beg everybody walking by. Peter's heart is revealed in what he says to that man. And what he says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Amen? And then what happened? He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And praise God, that man was healed. Peter gave him what he had. What a powerful, powerful story. His heart was to give what he had. My heart is to give to you today what I have. And I'm wondering, are we able to hear more than the heart of Peter? Will you be able to hear more than my heart? Are you hearing the heart of God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit? What I have, I give to you. 
Because that is the heart of our Father. That's my passion, my mission today is to give. You have a part today. Actually, it's a threefold part. I've only got one part, that's to give. You've got three parts. The first part is the crux of Christianity. One word, believe. You need to believe in what the Word of God says. I'm going to be giving you a lot of the Word of God today. You need to believe it and not just be in mental assent. You need to believe in your heart what the Word of God is speaking to you today. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Woo! Give us all things. He's got something special for you today. He is giving a personal message to each one of you individually. You must hear that message. This message is to our heart because it is from His heart. God is the great giver. Amen? So here's the thing. If you really believe that God is giving today, and this is your second part, if you really believe He's giving today, what are you going to do? What's your second part? Receive. Amen? Amen. You know, if God's giving, I'm doing all the taking. Amen? I'm taking everything He's going to give today. Acts 3, verses 4 and 5. Let's go back to that story again. And fixing his eyes, Peter's eyes, on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Wow! This man was maybe expecting a little coin in his basket. How much more did he receive even than what he was expecting? But he was expecting. Romans 5, 17. And if this verse doesn't make you want to jump out of your chair. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. This scripture really says it all, what our position is, what our part is. Just receive the abundance of grace He's giving today. Will you receive today? Are you expecting to receive? What did Jesus say? Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you and you will have him. Amen. So what does it all come down to? And or doubt and do without. Well, I don't know where we've heard that before, but I know in here today we are all believers and receivers. Amen. 
Oh, praise God. Okay, one final thing for you on your to-do list is that as you leave here today, rest in what you've received. Rest in what God has spoken and given you today, no doubt. Hebrews 4 is a great chapter on entering and staying in God's rest. Only our unbelief can remove us from everything God wants to give. There's another saying that I'm very fond of. When it comes to the things of God, when we work, God rests. But when we rest, God goes to work on our behalf. Amen? That's what he's going to do today, and that's what he's going to do as you leave here. So now to the crux of the message. That was just a small introduction. Good thing Pastor Mark gave me all afternoon today. <laughs> the heart of the Father. How would we describe it? How would you describe it in one word? Would it be love? Would it be mercy? Would it be righteousness? Maybe holiness? Justice? Well, for me, there's only one word that can describe the heart of the Father. Only one word, or rather one name, that can reveal the heart of the Father. And I know you know that name is Jesus. He alone reveals the true nature of God. Amen? Not Jesus and the Old Testament. It's Jesus alone. And there are two main reasons Jesus came in the flesh and walked the earth. One was to institute the new covenant, dying for us on that cross. You know, that happened in the last day of his earthly ministry. For the previous three and a half years, he was doing something else. What was he doing? He was revealing the Father and the Father's heart. And Jesus taught that he himself revealed the Father. So I have seven quick teachings, sayings of Jesus, that point this out. First one is Jesus talked a lot about the Father's name. In John 5.43, Jesus said, I have come in my Father's name. In John 17.6, he said, I have manifested your name to the men you have given me. Now the definition of that word manifest means to uncover or to reveal. Well, Jesus is saying, I have uncovered and revealed your name to the men you have given me. And in John 17, verse 26, here we have Jesus' last words of his prayer to the Father before his suffering begins. These are the last words that his disciples hear that are coming directly from Jesus' heart as he's praying. And what does he say? I have declared to them your name and will declare it. This must have been pretty important to Jesus. It was on his mind right to the very end. The Father's name. Now in the Greek, the definition of name is more than what someone is called by. It means the nature, the character, and the essence of that person. 
I know you don't need this example, but I do it anyway. <laughs> there is only one person in this world that could come to you next Sunday if I was not here in my name. That's my wife. That's Cindy. She's the only one who knows me, who knows my character, my heart, my essence. She could come in my name, no one else. This is what Jesus was telling us. He came in the Father's name. And you know, in the Old Testament, we all know God has many names, many titles. God Almighty, Lord God, Everlasting God, Jehovah, I am who I am. But Jesus came to reveal God as Father. Over 100 times in the Gospel of John, Jesus referred to God as his Father. 49 times in Jesus' final discourse to his disciples, he referred to his Father. Jesus wanted all his followers, when they thought of God, to now remember him as their Father. He came not only to reveal God as Father, but who the Father was, his essence, his nature. Jesus also said, John 10.30, I and my Father are one. And the definition of one is more than just one in purpose. It includes that. But there's a oneness of unity, of inseparability between the Father and the Son. Jesus also said two times in John 17, speaking of the Father, we are one. Jesus also said, the Father is in me and I in him. John 10, 38. Also in John 14, 10 and 11. Jesus also said, he who sees me sees him who sent me. John 12, 45. And 18 different times, Jesus said he was sent by the Father. In John 14, Philip says, ask Jesus, show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. And I can almost hear the hurt in Jesus' voice. I don't know if you can, but I can hear it. He says, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Amen? Wow. You know, Jesus spoke in parables, but so often he is right to the point. It's a matter of whether we're going to believe it or not. Jesus also said that he only spoke as the Father spoke. Many times he said that in John 12, 49 and 50. For I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. His words were the Father's words. Jesus said, the Father who dwells in me does the works. That is from John 14.10, John 5.19, John 9.4. The Father does the works. And we know that Jesus went about doing good and healing all. It was the Father at work in Jesus.
Finally, Jesus said, if you had known me, you would have known my Father. John 8, 19 and 14, 7. Knowing Jesus is knowing the Father. And you know, Jesus not only taught this throughout those three and a half years of walking on the earth, but the Holy Spirit reveals it in Scripture and reveals it in a very powerful way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 18 of John 1, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared or revealed Him. And I love the way the Amplified Version states it. It finishes by saying, He has revealed Him and brought Him out where He can be seen. He has interpreted him, and he has made him known. Colossians 1.15. You don't mind if I just read scriptures, because scriptures say it a whole lot better than I could ever say it, amen? Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God. Colossians 2.9. For in him dwells the image of the Godhead bodily. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, the interlinear Bible, essence. Jesus Christ is the express image of the Father. And in case there's any question as to the validity of what Jesus is teaching and what Scripture says, how about the Mount of Transfiguration? And in Matthew 17, 5, we have Jesus, Moses, and Elijah all together. And we hear the powerful voice of the Father from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. He's in the middle of the prophets and the law, and the Father says, Hear Jesus. So the main point, as we leave, as we go through life, we cannot view our God, His nature, His heart, through any other lens, through any other viewpoint than the one that is given and shown to us through Jesus. And that is as our Father. And you know, Jesus wasn't just teaching doctrine here. He was showing relationship. This wasn't something to write down, put in a book, and stash away. Jesus was talking to our heart. And the Father wants a deeper relationship with each and every one of us than in just calling him Father. The Jews of Jesus' time, they knew that God claimed to be their Father. Exodus 4, verses 22 and 23. Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. And in Deuteronomy 32, verse 6, Do you thus deal with the Lord, O foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father, 
who bought you. The Jews understood this. They also claimed in John 8, 41, that God was their father. They also claimed that Abraham was their father. But for them, it was just a title. It was just a name. My oldest daughter, Stacy, got married a few years ago. She gave me a gift after the wedding. It was a picture frame. And in the picture frame were two pictures. One was a picture of when she was just a small baby, and it had her birth date underneath. And the second picture was a picture of Stacy and I on her wedding day. The date is underneath as well. But the thing that got to me, on the heading of this picture frame, it said, Daddy's girl. I will always be Stacy's father. That's who I am. That's my position. But I always want to be her daddy. I want to be her dad. And so does your heavenly father. This is what he wants from you. Scripture shows this by the way the word Abba is used. It's a Hebrew word, Aramaic, but it means daddy. Hebrew children still use it today as they're walking, holding their father's hands. It's Abba. Jesus used this term. He used it in the moment of his suffering, where it was all coming upon him. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark 14, 36. And Jesus cried out, Abba, Father. That's the relationship Jesus had with our Father. Romans 8, 15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the spirit of adoption given to us through whom we cry this out. The Father gives us his spirit so we can relate to him as dad, as daddy, as papa. Galatians 4, 6 says the same thing. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. God puts his spirit in our hearts. He puts love in our hearts so we can call him Abba, so we can be his little child. So we can be in relationship with him. The heart of the Father is for us to be in a close, tender, intimate relationship with him. That is his heart, his essence, and this is how he revealed it to me. I talked about Wonderful Maker by Jeremy Camp, and that we were worshiping out of Carroll's Bible College. And this song came on, and it was a powerful time of worship, much like it was here this morning. He came to the part in the chorus, How majestic your whispers, and how humble your love, with a strength like no other, and the heart of a father. At that point, my eyes are closed, my hands are raised, and I'm crying out, Father, show me 
your heart. Show me the heart of a father. I wasn't really expecting anything, but wow. Wow, what he showed me was, was incredible. He took me back to something that had happened a few months earlier. Our youngest daughter, Heidi, was coming for a visit. Heidi was the one who, who went with us on a trip to Haiti, and she was coming out to visit us in Colorado. Hadn't seen her for a while. So we're at the Colorado Springs Airport, and of course you know you have to wait in a certain waiting area, and the gates are farther down, and so we can only go so far, and we're sitting there, and we're waiting, and her plane's on time, and we know it's landed, we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're looking down, and you know, we're looking down toward the gate, wondering where she might be. All of a sudden she rounds the corner, and our eyes lock, and she comes up to me. We start embracing, goes, I love you, Dad. And nothing came out. There were absolutely no words. Tears are starting to well in my eyes. Cindy's standing there. Heidi jumps over by Cindy, and, and they embrace, and, and there's tears there. Heidi comes back over to me, embraces me again. I love you, Dad. And I still sat there, unable to speak. No words. Not even I love you. I was just totally overwhelmed in my joy and my love for seeing my little girl. And then the father said, this is my heart. This is how I love you. And it was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. But think about it. If I could love my daughter to this degree, have this kind of response, this showing of love. Is God's love for us any less? Of course not. God is the one who has given us love. You know, I remember after the worship song had ended and I had sat down and I tried explaining it to Cindy, and I was still so overwhelmed by this revelation that I had a hard time saying anything. I'd say a couple words and it was like it was gone and I was just like, I was just completely overwhelmed in this revelation. And brothers and sisters, this needs to be more than just a story. It's so very personal for me. And I so greatly desire that this message will be a revelation for you as well, that you receive it in your heart. The Father is revealing his love for you right now. He is in this place speaking out his love. So once I actually gathered my composure, as I like to do, I love the word, I said, okay, okay, show me it in Scripture. <laughs> but you know, He's always true to his word. He said, okay, why don't you go to the story of the prodigal son? So I did. I go, well, it's, I'm going, I've read that story so many times. What the, there's nothing in there like that. Luke 15, verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran 
fell on his neck and kissed him. And I read that, and I'm going, you know, Father never spoke to the son. They were not even welcome home, I love you. It's like the word compassion there in the Greek, splagshizomai. But it means to have the bowels yearn, to be moved as to one inward. That is the compassion of our Father. And when it says, and he kissed him, that word translated kissed, katafilio, it means more than just a peck on the forehead or a little peck on the cheek. It means, and fervently kissed. That father was so super excited, there was so much joy, so much love in him, that no words were spoken by the father. He was overwhelmed in his love for his child. I felt it. I know it's real. And this, again, is your heavenly Father's love for you. He is not a respecter of persons. Amen? You know, in verse 21, the son broke into his pre-rehearsed speech, but before he could even finish, Father sort of cut him off. But he is still so full of love and joy that all he can bear himself to do is turn to somebody else and say, let's have a party, my son is home. Brothers and sisters, this isn't just about doctrine today. I brought these books along, maybe you've been wondering why they're here. I love studying the Word. I love going into the concordance and getting the real meaning behind the Greek and Hebrew words. But you know what? It's not about doctrine today. It's not about how the word love is translated from the Greek. Forget about agape love, just for a while. Forget about Philadelphia love. Forget about Eros love. It's time for us to move beyond the realm of religion and doctrine and move into the realm of relationship. The only real question is, are you comfortable with the kind of love the Father wants to share and bring upon you today? Are you comfortable with it? Because He's always ready to give. If you are, take the time. Close your eyes. Receive and feel the love of the Father for you. You know what? It's okay. Feelings of love are a good thing. God gave them to us for a purpose so that we could feel His love in the heart, not just know it in the mind. Praise God that He gave them to us. Praise God that He's giving us His love today and every day. Be immersed in His love. Another way of saying it is be baptized in His love. Those of you who are able, please stand. Close your eyes. I know you believe what I've told you today. I'm asking you to receive it. Come into the Father's presence and receive His love. Let the Father love on you. He's here. He wants you to know how much He loves you. You may not hear those words, but He may take you to a place where you can feel it where you will know it in your heart. Thank Him for it.
I'd like to close by praying a Father's blessing over you. Receive these words as if you are the only one in this room. My beloved, my precious child, thank you and welcome home. Have you felt and received my love? I'm here. It's here for you always. Know that you are forgiven and that my heart only longs for you and longs for you beyond what you can possibly imagine. My desire is to be with you, so please come home often. Abide with me. Abide in my love. Be strengthened in my joy and love for you. And move forward. Be not afraid in all that I have called you to do. My blessing is upon you. It cannot be removed. You are a great success in my eyes and heart. You always have been, always will be. Dare to dream. Amen.